Welcome to another episode of Cloud Security Podcast. Happy New Year 2021 to everyone who got a chance to celebrate. It's more exciting if we are season two, and we are really looking forward to a lot more of cloud security knowledge with all of you throughout 2021. Thank you for all the support for 2020. And as always, we have another interesting episode for you. In this episode, we had Sriya Potem, and we were talking about how to become a cloud security architect in 2021. We went into details of what kind of certificates you should do. What about if you already have experience in on-premise or a hybrid world? Or what about if you're a junior person starting to looking for a start in cloud security? So we kind of went into a lot more information and there was a jam-packed episode with a lot of questions coming from the audience members where they asked questions about Security Plus, CCSP, as well as any other certification that you could think of at that point. So this is a really great episode for someone who's looking to transition into cloud security role, specifically a cloud security architect role. And as always, I do appreciate all the feedback that you guys share with me. I've already got a couple of requests post the episodes for what else we could be covering in the episodes moving forward. So appreciate all the feedback and please do keep them coming. If you do find this valuable, feel free to share this with a friend and feel free to reach out if you have any topics that you would like us to cover in the podcast. As always, we do appreciate it. I do want to call out that there are a couple of things in the episode which you might find. One, I think my dog barked in between. So there might be that element which I cannot take out. I think the other element was we spoke about Cloud Security Academy in there. Some of the students were there from the current cohort and they obviously gave some good feedback. So they definitely found it valuable. So if you are someone who's interested in learning about cloud security, feel free to head to the website cloudsecuritypodcast.tv. The current cohort is full at the moment, but you can definitely fill out the form to be invited for the next cohort. I hope all of you have a great start to the new year and this episode would help some of you who are trying to get into the cloud security architect space to get through that next role. If you do have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to Sriya or myself and we would be more than happy to help you out. But until then, I'll see you in the next episode and have an awesome day or evening, wherever you are. All right, over to Freya and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watch Coffee with Ashish. Happy New Year to start off with. Uh, I'm so glad you got all join us. We're going to talk about how to become a cloud security architect in 2021. I know a lot of you reached out to me and well, your wish has come true, surprisingly, totally unplanned, but it worked out. So I'm not going to complain about it. And I have an amazing guest over here to basically help us get through this interesting world of cloud security architecture and cloud security architect. So without further ado, like, uh, let me put the vibe, get the vibe going. So I've got the, I need more wait for a moment before it comes up. Hey, Shreya, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming to the show. Really awesome to have you on the show here. I'm super excited. Happy New Year, by the way, first of all. Happy New Year. Hope it's, and, hope, hope it's starting uh, out great for everyone. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's safe. I do want to say cheers. Welcome to the show. Cheers. Thank you. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to start with the obvious one for people. You and I spoke about the whole cloud security architecture piece last year. And for people who may not have heard from you before, how did you get into the space? What was your path into it out of curiosity? Where yeah. are you based out of? 
So right now I work as a cloud security architect for United Airlines in Chicago. And I've spent like a good bit of my career with United, but I kind of bounced around to a couple of different industries, a couple of different com companies within my career. For the majority of my career, really, I, I've kind of lived in this cloud security world. I like to say that like I'm cloud native, right? <laughs> yep. That's a good, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So like in college, I majored in information decision sciences. So I kind of had this business side. And then I also learned a little bit about technology, a little bit about data. And while I was doing that, I, I was working as a web developer for my school. So I, I got a lot of those like web fundamentals. What does development look like? And, you know, it, it, when you're working with other people and not just on like personal projects, right? At that time I was you know, yeah. in college. So I did that for a little bit. I worked in help desk for, for a startup for a little bit. So I kind of dipped my feet inside like the identity and access management space, Office mm -hmm. 365, and got a good foundation, I think, of IT before I started at United, which was my first internship. At that time, I had no idea of what cybersecurity was. I was really like, yeah, like I'm going to be a project manager, you know, and, you know, that's going to be really cool. And my options were to be a project management intern within a couple of different spaces. And cybersecurity at that time was like really cool. I mean, it was very hot, right? And it is. Yeah. So that's where I decided I wanted to be. I, I was there for a summer and I really liked it and I really liked security especially. So I wanted to get deeper. So the next summer I, I came back, still an intern, but this time I was in the AppSec space because I already had this basic web fundamental. I knew what code meant. Yeah, I knew yeah. how to code. I was learning a lot about the security fundamentals, right? What does it mean to secure code? What factors are are managed by this this application and what factors are managed beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a little while. And then I decided to join this team when I was joining United full-time that was yep. more in the architecture space. So at, at the time they called it the security advisory organization. So right. all of the projects came into my team and like all of the, the more senior architects, I was reviewing the projects in advance to know what questions the architects would be asking. So yep. we can kind of speed this process along, right? So I worked right, right. really closely with a lot of architects. And around that time, we were noticing that there was a lot of cloud-specific projects, and we didn't really have any competency within the security organization in cloud. So with the help of some outside consultants and more senior architects who were getting trained on the cloud, I kind of joined that team as well. So now we have this cloud security organization and I was one of the first members. I was learning about the cloud realistically at the time when I was just learning about security as well. So that's why I call myself cloud native. I, I've spent my, realistically my entire life in Chicago. So I wanna go out, see more stuff. And I joined this financial company in, in New York doing again, cloud security, but looking at it from a financial perspective, compliance was a big driver, tying everything back to being compliant, all that yep. kind of stuff. And after doing that for a little bit, I moved into, again, a more consumer facing company. So I was working at like a consumer goods company doing again, cloud security and yep. all circled back and I'm back at United. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, you, you love them enough to come back again, but I, th I think it's really interesting yeah. what you mentioned. So it sounded like you probably started when the whole, because I think my understanding is when cloud security kind of started 
people didn't, didn't really know what to call it. It was just like, I guess we're doing security in AWS or security in Azure because there was no Google Cloud back then. But it's also fascinating to know that you've had experience in that space in different industries because I think that's definitely valuable and we would love to dig, it, dig deeper into it. But I wanted to start with, because everyone has a different definition of cloud security, what's your definition of cloud security? Yeah, so I think when I think about cloud security, I really think about our shared responsibilities mm -hmm. because when we're looking on-prem, we're realistically responsible for everything. So everyone kind of has their own role. They're looking at the infrastructure, they're looking at the app. Inside the cloud, you know, we might not be responsible for every single facet of the infrastructure. And I know you've talked about this a lot on your podcast already. We need to understand as security professionals, what are we responsible for when it's infrastructure as a service versus a platform as a service versus a, a pure SaaS application, which in some companies they're like, yeah, this is cloud. So, you know, you cloud security people, you manage SaaS as well, right? Yeah. So having that basic understanding, it really helps you know, what am I supposed to be looking at when I'm thinking about this particular cloud application? Yeah. Not just the shared responsibility between like the cloud service provider and the customer, but it's also shared responsibility between the teams within your company, right? Security, I think when we're looking at the cloud, isn't so siloed inside the security organization. Your app yep. team might be taking a facet of that. They're going to be running their own code scans and they're going to get an output and you're going to be there to help them. But at the end of the day, like they're responsible for securing their code. And same with the infrastructure side, right? Like we're going to yep. be there. We're going to, we're going to help you design it. We're going to, you know, we're going to work with you every step of the way. But at the end of the day, the infrastructure is your responsibility. Yeah. It's a, it's worthwhile calling out. When you say shared responsibility, it's probably one of the most confusing thing about the cloud as well, where people kind of still wonder, oh, where does my responsibility finish? And where does the responsibility of the cloud service provider start? Do you kind of have a simple example that you can share with some of the audience members who may not even know what shared responsibility is? Sure. The easiest way to look at it is when you're looking at like a SaaS product, right? Mm -hmm. So in a SaaS product, Realistically, what you are responsible for, if it's true SaaS, is one, the data that's going into that environment, and two, who are you giving access to your environment? That's all that you have the ability to configure. And then yep, the SaaS provider will, will take everything else. They're going to be responsible for the underlying hardware. They're going to be responsible for the security of their code because you didn't design it. You don't know what, what's going on there. It's their responsibility. Yep. And that's pretty good. And it's really interesting. So out of curiosity, what does a day in a cloud security architect role look like then? I think most of my day is just reviewing something. The app team is responsible for securing their code, but I'm responsible yep. for knowing that this tool is going to review their code correctly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm responsible for these underlying tools that we're using to secure the cloud and setting the correct controls and monitoring those controls. And I'm also responsible for reviewing like applications and new design decisions and working with teams to make the correct decision. All right. So your day probably would have a lot of design reviews of projects being deployed or maybe even decisions being made, which are changes in the existing design in the way it works or how it functions. Is that, is that, would that be accurate? Yeah, I, I like to kind of divide it into like an application and infrastructure, like the actual underlying yeah. infrastructure. 
So especially if there's like a big infrastructure change being made, like my team is definitely looped in because yeah. infrastructure people are going to be looking at, can this data get to this location? They're not going to be looking yeah. at, is it going to get there securely? Yep, yep. And to your point, is it worthwhile calling out that between the different industries, architecture reviews in cloud, are they similar in different industries or do, are they like different kinds of days in a different industry? I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, so um, at the basic level, right, architecture reviews are the same. We're going to want to know what, what data is going to be in this. What services are we using? What access levels do those services have? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, can at that fundamental stage, like, yes, of course, we're going to be looking at the same things. I think it's yeah. just more of a, a difference in what level of control are we applying? Right. And I think there's a question from Vineet as well. As a security architect, would you focus more on the GRC side? It's definitely something that you need to know. So if we have, like, let's say, PCI data, so credit card information, we need to know that credit card information can't be exposed. Mm -hmm. So what controls yeah. do I need to, to make sure that data is protected? So it's definitely important to know what controls are necessary for what type of data. But I, I think at my level, we're more looking at, you know, the actual specific controls and not what data are you using. Yeah. And I think it's worthwhile calling out because different organizations have different structures for it as well, because to, to your point, uh, and uh, I guess there might be roles in a smaller organization where if it's a startup, where everyone's doing everything as well. So in those kind of scenarios, maybe an architect would look, not just look at, I guess, architecture design, but also maybe looking at compliance and GRC as well, because I guess that's what the role demands. But I think it's worthwhile calling out. Would you say it's different depending on the scale of the organization that they, you're is currently working with yeah yeah definitely at least in my team we're trying to kind of make teams take responsibility of what they are responsible for so instead of having everything go through the cost for your organization we want to make it more holistic again we want to make sure that all those teams that are saying that we're the data people we're going to make sure that your data is protected we want to make sure that you know they understand what it means to be in the cloud so i i didn't really hit on this before but i think a lot of my day also is translating what is different in the cloud versus on-prem to teams that aren't necessarily in the cloud day-to-day. -day. Yep, yep. Translation is so difficult sometimes, especially when you're coming with the baggage of the on-premise already. There's a yeah. follow-up question from Vinith about CCM controls, which is the cloud control matrix controls for reference. Is that something that you guys use quite often or is it more you have your own, I guess, unless you have your own matrix that you refer for reviewing yeah. architecture? Yeah, so for us, that was a great fundamental. As our environment gets more complex, those controls may not necessarily be relevant when we're looking at one specific application. So a big effort that we have right now is creating more controls, kind of like base questions that we're asking that are relevant to applications that are going to be sitting on our environment. Basic things, maybe it's something like I am, just like getting access into the environment. These frameworks might give you a specific method, but that might not always translate to an enterprise and a large enterprise environment. Yeah, and I think it's actually, it's a great point about large enterprise because I think you, you were aware of the CIS benchmark that's been thrown around as well. Mm -hmm. I always use the AWS one as an example where it's really great if you only have one AWS account, but these days 
I don't know of any company which only has one AWS account. And that CIS benchmark was, was written with the intent of having one AWS account. So to, to your point about the enterprise and that scale, yeah. that's technically not, technically not applicable at that point because then you're making a call whether, hey, am I going to ignore CIS and only take, take on the ones that I feel are relevant for me, which is probably a good segue into, I guess, the kind of skills that you would require in such a role, maybe both soft skills as well as technical skills. What do you recommend for, say, someone like Manit or others who may be looking at getting into this kind of a space? Uh, let's start with the soft skills and then we'll come back to the certificate part. Sure. Yeah. So from a soft skills perspective, we kind of talked about this before. Being able to communicate, I think, is 100% so necessary when, at least in like my environment, where we're trying to communicate, hey, like this is how it works in the cloud. This is how you might do it on-prem. And this is why this works in the cloud. So being able to communicate that and make sure that your partners are aware of what's changing when they're not in inside a specific environment day to day is incredibly important to stay on the same page and to ensure that the speed of business is where it should be. As we know, security ends up being such a bottleneck <laughs> and that's it's, it's ultimately what we're trying to prevent. Cloud and it yeah. allows us to be so fast and we just want to make sure that we're not being kind of like stuck with old security methodology when we could do better. Yep. Yep. To your point about, so great communication skills, or at least translating on-premise mm -hmm. to cloud as well to what you were saying earlier, because sometimes you don't want to be talking about the technical details, just about translating what's used to be effective in on-premise, but may not be the same in a cloud environment. Would that be accurate? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the number one skill that I use day to day. Perfect. And I definitely want to get into the technical skills as well. Maybe as in security architect, providing security advisor to the engineering team, do you consider the role as a technical role? Yeah, I, I would, because you still need to understand what the engineering is doing to even give them guidance, right? You, like, We can look at all of these you know, frameworks and say, this is how it should be, but you need to understand in context. And to do that, you need to know the underlying technology. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Great answer. And I'm going to come back to the certificate question. Is there, apart from the certification, I'd love for you to jump in and answer that as well, but any specific technical skills people should be looking at, and then we can go into the certificate question. Yeah. So I, I think it's, super helpful to have at least a basic understanding of Python, you know, how mm -hmm. APIs work, how do you read JSON or YAML and CloudFormation, at least when we're looking at the AWS world. When we understand that, and also we understand the base underlying services within AWS, I, I think we're able to be a lot more powerful as security people yeah. instead of just looking at these basic compliance things. Like, yeah, I know I need to do this, but you know, how do I make that happen? Yep. And I think to your point, is it worthwhile calling out that it's always misunderstood that people might think that getting a certificate is equivalent to an experience? Would you say having a certificate is a great start or it's a great way to get an introduction into what that concept may be in that, I guess, cloud service provider, but you still need to kind of go out and have a look at, okay, what else I could be doing? What's a real life example that I can go for? Would that be accurate? Yeah, definitely. I, I think certification is really great when you don't know anything. 
when you yep. don't know your fundamentals, a certification really gives you that structure that you need to get an understanding. And you know, that, that really worked the same for me. When I was like just starting out in my career and we were starting this cloud team, the first thing I went out and did was I got my architect associate certification and I got the security certification. So, you know, I understood at the AWS level, what is possible? What can we do? When you have that base knowledge and then you're looking at your enterprise and you're taking like a step back, you can yeah. say, hey, you know, I don't need CloudWatch because I already have Splunk. Yeah. So I just need yeah. to get my CloudTrail data in the Splunk. Oh, actually, so that's a great point. So if you're doing certification that at least gives you what's possible in a cloud provider, and then mm -hmm. depending on the company you're working with, you can make an informed decision for, do I want to use this or do I already have something that I can use from beforehand? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you want to make sure that you're leveraging your enterprise capabilities as much as possible. So you're able to centralize all of this knowledge in the teams that have that fundamental knowledge. I'm a cloud yeah. security architect, but I, my, I'm not a great incident responder. I wouldn't say that's yep. my core competency. I understand what they do, but I'm not going to go mm -hmm. sit there and look at these logs all day to <laughs> understand this create alert. That's not where my background is. Yeah. And I think it's worthwhile calling out because depending on the organization, I think we were touching on this earlier as well, to your point, a large organization would have a person for an incident response. They would have people who are generating alerts. The, obviously, the scale of work is so large. That's why you have specific people for specific role as well, where cloud security architect is probably reviewing a lot more designs and what, how does something in on-premise translate into the cloud world? I've got another question. Did you do a CCSP as well, or have you considered doing it? I would love to know about that as well. Sure. So I'm currently studying for my CCSP. I think what's interesting there is for the AWS Security Cert, I don't think you really need to have any sort of like work history for your mm -hmm. CCSP, yeah. you do. That's an expectation. So yeah. I think the AWS cert is definitely something that you should do, especially if you're planning on working in AWS. The CCSP, I think, takes a more theoretical look and kind of abstracts your cloud provider. You're not going as technical. You're really looking at the theory behind cloud security, which you mm -hmm. know 100% you should know. But to be immediately effective in your job, I think it's good to have this, the technical foundation that the AWS security cert would give you. I think especially in the cloud world, I feel like most of the conversation you would have, I think you touched upon AWS CloudWatch just earlier. For someone who probably hasn't done um, any certification, probably would not know what AWS CloudWatch is. They might just be like, I guess it's a service. And I think you yeah. can cover that gap and come across as more experienced or at least have some knowledge in it. So just to get some, I don't want to use the word respect, but more knowledgeable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to speak author authoritatively, especially as a cloud security architect. I've got a question from uh, Kanishk as well. The question is, how is the architecture different when working with multi-cloud? Is it necessary to know both Azure and AWS? We can take either ways however you want to, but I think both of them are interesting. Do we need to know both? I, I don't think it hurts you to have an understanding of all of your clouds. I think mm -hmm. you'll learn that they're all very similar at the fundamental level you're going to have your vms so yep. having the fundamentals down is definitely super helpful is it necessary to be super deep or can you even be super deep as we talked before yeah um, yep that's, that's a hard one 
that because yeah. I think to give people some context, uh, Shreya and I were talking about this just before about the whole multi-cloud concept. And uh, for people who have been keeping track on AWS reInvent, which was last month, and I think they have another batch of content coming later this month as well. They had about, I think, 300, 400 releases just in December to imagine yourself being on top of all the 300 or 400 updates that they've done. And then again, in January, when they do a more update, and then that across Azure, Google Cloud, it's not practical. So, I mean, I can share my personal opinion on this, if you don't mind. What I would yeah. normally say is, based on the organization that you would work with, you would realize that either focusing on AWS or Azure, but kind of what Sriya said, if you focus on the foundational pieces, like if you look at identity management or something about network access, how is that being managed, you would be able to map that skill to each of the cloud service providers. It's just where, like instead of AWS CloudWatch, it would be Azure Monitor or Google Cloud Monitoring. The names may differ, but the function would be the same. Would that be a, a way to say this? Yeah, no, that was that was great. That's exactly Perfect. what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I've got another question. Certification lasts for two to three years. So what do we do after that? Make sure you get some experience, but I'll let you answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I think a certification really helps you get your foot in the door, right? So you can show someone that theoretically, yeah, I know all of this. Even if I haven't had my, even if I haven't done like five years inside an enterprise, I understand AWS. So mm -hmm. within those two to three years, hopefully, you know, you're getting a job maybe as an associate architect or an, as an engineer where you're going to be able to get your hands on work. And then for me, at least renewing my certification helps me because it helps me stay on top of everything that I need to know and make sure that I'm not missing anything that AWS is saying, Hey, like to be a security person, you need to understand this inside AWS, right? They're, they're literally telling you that in that certification. So yes. I like to renew mine. Some people don't feel the same way. It, it, I think it'll I mean, be I, up to you. I, I'm definitely on the camp that I haven't reviewed, renewed my certificate. So I can give you my final story. <laughs> I got my job and then I did my certification. So to Shreya's point, you might feel that once you start getting enough experience, the certificate may not be important, but it's definitely a great way to be up to date on having an uplifting view on what's the updated services in AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, because you might be restricted to a limited number of services in your organization. So to Shreya's point, you might only work with CloudWatch, or you might only work with certain services in your organization, but there might be 200 other services which you may have never heard of, but they might be security related. So at that point, if you go back and renew your security certificate, you might get insight into what those other services are, which you may probably bring back into your organization and your boss might love you for that. And maybe even give you a promotion for that. <laughs> yep. I've got another a couple of questions. For example, layered protection and secure SDLC. Do you need to be technical and have an operational understanding of the controls to give guidance? I think generally it, it never hurts to be technical and to understand how operations will work what type of burden you're going to be putting on operations when you're creating any sort of architecture. It's definitely something you need to have an understanding of, otherwise you can't even talk to them about what they're trying to do as well, right? So they might ask you a cloud, how do you do this in cloud? And you kind of yeah. have to translate that at that point. But yeah. I, I think you've answered the question though, I was gonna bring up another one, which is from Paul, which is, I'm pretty sure you would love this as well. 
because uh, it's a long one, but I'm going to quickly summarize it. Basically, what that means is not all services are mature enough in AWS. So just because there is a service in AWS or Azure or Google Cloud doesn't necessarily mean that they are ready to be consumed. And obviously, being Amazon or Amazon, uh, Azure or Google Cloud, they would recommend you would use that service, but a lot of services may be in beta. Have you yeah. experienced that, by the way, Sriya? Like they say that use a service, but the service is not mature enough to be used in an organization? Yeah, definitely. And I think as a security architect, that's your job to understand. You need to understand my organization needs this. The AWS is giving me this service, but it's only going to cover maybe 80%. Is, is 80%, can I live with 80%? Maybe yes. Or I can't live with 80% and I need to look outside. I need to do research. I need to understand. Maybe there's other tools that are available on the marketplace and, and I need to consume those tools. So yeah. it, it, it's always a question of understanding your organization. We spoke about the soft skills and technical skills. If you're already an on-premise security architect, is there a specific skill that you need to have to move into a cloud space so you can transition? Yeah, so I think it's, I mean, I'm just going to kind of like hammer on this all, all hour. You need to know your fundamentals <laughs> in the cloud. So as an on-premise yep. security architect, in my experience, a lot of the time we're going to be looking at maybe the perimeter mm -hmm. and we're going to say, hey, like, if, our, if my perimeter is really strong, I'm going to trust a lot of the things that are inside my environment. In the cloud, yep. you have a little bit of a, a shifting perspective. A lot of everything, actually everything in the cloud is managed by IAM. I need to have a great understanding of IAM and how I'm permissioning and giving a, a certain service access to a different service or giving a human access to certain services. Do I give them console access or just the LI? Actually, let me scratch that whole thing. You need to know I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very complex subject as well. It's, it's funny. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to do a shameless plug, but I started this thing called Cloud Security Academy. And the first course that we have there is just that. It's just foundational pieces and it just covers I am. Tell me simple things, right? Or network access to cloud. Is it bi-directional or is it like access to certain resources? I am. What does a firewall equivalent look like in a cloud world? Is it security groups or something else? And trying to do that between Azure, AWS, and Google Cloud, that's kind of what the Cloud Security Academy piece focused on. I think it's definitely something that translates really well into a cloud environment, especially if you've been an on-premise kind of environment security architect to begin with. You just need to map it to the right controls or right parameters that you need to work with. It's just, it's just a different landscape for the same challenges. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. We spoke about the industry piece earlier and you've had different experiences in different roles as well. And it's really interesting. The question that I wanted to find out about, if you're a junior, if you mm -hmm. have not had any experience before and kind of like what you were doing with your internship, what do you recommend? What can they do to get into this cloud security space? Maybe even a junior cloud security architect role out there. Yeah. So number one, I think, especially to get to the architect level, it's good to have at least a base understanding of all areas within security. You want to know what, what is AppSec doing? What is IAM doing? What does vulnerability management mean? Those basic fundamentals. And then to move into the cloud world, 
at least for me, what helped me was getting my certifications, understanding cloud. Maybe for me, it was even better than more senior members of my organization because cloud was new. You know, taking all that knowledge and being able to move into the cloud space, I I think would make it a lot easier, especially if you have those certifications. I I think certifications definitely have a place, especially at a junior role. Yeah, especially even now, funny, funny enough, even though AWS and Azure, all these people have been there for almost six plus years, but they all still have relevant certificate because a lot of the industry is still transitioning into cloud, surprisingly. And surprisingly, as in with the cloud security podcast, everything is still in the beginning stages to your point. So there might be a lot of people who may have a lot of experience, but just don't have that translation into the cloud world. So certificate is definitely great at that point. So from a junior perspective, so you're recommending get some IT experience. You have some basic fundamental understanding and then get a certificate so you understand how that maps into uh, AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, wherever they want to go, I guess. Yeah, especially as a a junior person, having the softer skills, being able to ask your management, hey, this Mm. is something that I'm interested in and this is where I want my career to go. You can never discount that. Making sure that people know that you want to do this. it's, It's really interesting to your point about Sometimes the simplest thing you can do is ask. I think cybersecurity is a very welcoming industry. Well, at least the ones that I've dealt with, fortunately, of over the 10 years that I've been working in this. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Anyone who's listening to this and feels that, oh, I need some direction. I think it's just as simple as sometimes asking people what's the right thing to do. You may or may not like the answer, but at least uh, you have an answer. Yeah. I, I was going to ask in terms of the industry as well, I know you yourself kind of uh, dabbed into a couple, is it a good thing to have experience from different industries and bring them or you kind of have that thought where, oh, you should focus on one that way you could become like a specialized architect for a certain field? For me, I like having a diversity. I think it, it's really cool to understand how things are done in different environments. And for me, that's really fun. And it's definitely helped me in my career. I, I worked at a couple different organizations at different stages in their cloud journey. Working in a more senior organization, I can go to the more junior organization and say, hey, you know, like I've seen it done and this is how they did it. And, you know, I might yeah. have some things to change now knowing that, you know, they're, they, did the, they did something this way and, you know, I can see there's problems. So now we can fix it. But oh, you you know, I, I don't think you necessarily need to, you know, take your industry rotational right (laughs) yeah the thing that i wanted to call out over here as well is diversity is so important in general that i think to your point having the same foundational pieces apply to different industries i I think you've done a great job so i'm glad you could share that experience with us as well but i'm gonna quickly touch on some of these questions cloud security architect and devsecops architect how do they differ can a person be both you have an answer for this yeah cloud security yeah so yeah at least in my organization, what we're seeing is that the architects are really designing the environment. And then we, we might be looking at specifically like in code, do we see any like sort of like security issues? In DevSecOps, they're a little more tightly integrated with our app teams. So they might be actually implementing a lot of the security that we might be saying, okay, here, here are controls and here's how you might do it. But they're the ones who are actually in the console or in the CLI and actually physically doing that work. Sweet. Can a person be both in the same role? I think depending on the size of your organization, you might. You might be doing everything, I guess. Yeah. Is there a doc you can share for us to leverage on mapping the on-premise to cloud technology? 
Still like a very open question, but I'll let you answer if you have any specific areas that you kind of ask people to go into. You know, that's a hard one. When I'm thinking about like actual technologies, there's no document. If you're looking at logging, hey, AWS logs everything in CloudTrail. You can store it in S3, it's Athena, to view those logs, or you could be more advanced, right? And you could maybe send your logs to a an Elk stack and use, it, use Kibana to view your logs, or you could completely take them off of AWS and put them in like a third-party provider and view your logs there and generate your, your alerts there, right? So you know, I think AWS already gives you those like general like service categories. And yeah. if you're looking at your on-prem, you can kind of see where that aligns. Yeah, perfect. Have you done come to your Security Plus? No, I haven't. And I can't speak to it. But again, what I'll always say is one, learning never hurts. Learn more, learn as much as you can. And I think the Security Plus is like one of those more like fundamental courses, your basic security knowledge. So yes, definitely having basic security knowledge is helpful. I, my, my personal opinion on the, if you don't mind, if I share something about security oh, yeah, processes is sure. that if you haven't had any experience in security before, and especially if you're a junior person, I think it's a great way to at least get some fundamentals, but that doesn't necessarily would translate into cloud just because security plus is more, these are the security concepts. And then to Shreya's point, you might go into a certification to see, oh, how does AWS do security or how does Azure do security? Then you can map that, okay. Or then you can start mapping that onto, oh, okay. So I know security plus, which has given me fundamentals of security. Then I've got AWS certification, which has given me information about AWS. How do I combine that? to use into a cloud environment. It's almost like a three-step process at that point. But yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely interesting, especially if you have never had security experience. I think I've heard good things. I personally haven't done it, but I've heard good things about in terms of exactly what Tria said. It's a great fundamental piece to go with to get an understanding of what security is about. I think maybe CCSP might be helpful because you can still do the training and you can learn. You're not going to have your certificate badge at the end of that, or you might get, I think, the associate. And that might bridge the gap a little closer for you. So you recommend CCSP for fundamentals as well for cloud? Yeah, it's, it's pretty theoretical. So yeah. you're still getting like the, the theoretical base, but again, it's not going to map you back to your specific services with your cloud. In provider. cloud. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I think Vinit's done it as well. He said he did, it's not totally focused in cloud, but it covers every domain of cybersecurity. So I guess, Kanishk, for you, the step seems to be, if you've done Security Plus, some kind of an Amazon certificate to have an understanding of Amazon services or Azure service, if you want to do Azure, Google Cloud, whatever cloud provider you want to choose, and then CCSP. It's a lot of learning. Hopefully enjoy it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately or fortunately, I think all of us are in technology because we get to learn everything every day. It's uh, something new coming out every day. I take it as a positive thing. So yeah, uh, that, that was great. I've got two more questions. Is there a myth in cloud security that you hear about quite a bit? I think the one that bothers me the most, it's the notion that the cloud is inherently less, less secure. I'm sure we've all heard it. Oh, you're putting that data in the cloud. Can you, know, <laughs> can you do that? <laughs> it's funny. I think if I were to do a, a survey on the last season of cloud security podcast, as well as the, the folks who did the cloud security academy course with us as well, they all mentioned the fact that 
it's really funny that that myth hasn't gone. In seven years, people still think cloud is insecure. It's not the responsibility of the person that they haven't done their job correctly in cloud. It's the cloud's fault. I'm like, yeah, so if it's on-premise, so it's on-premise's fault, but it's, not, it's, yeah. a, it's a great answer. I've got a follow-up question to that. What are people not talking enough about in cloud security that you think um, you, they should hear about? I think the one thing that I, I really want people to know is that cloud security is, it, it's so much more holistic than I think on-premise. Because of the way cloud is managed, because it's API driven, because everything is managed by access, it's such a shared responsibility. Never is cloud security the only one responsible for security. We should be talking more about when we're looking at organizational structure, how can we make sure that that notion that cloud security is everyone's responsibility is reflected? I don't want it to be that you know, if there's a security question in the cloud, we go to the cloud security team. I think we should have like a central cloud team that manages cloud security infrastructure, you know, data, like DevSecOps and having that center of excellence to create that holistic idea and, and to manage security holistically instead of having all this finger pointing of your roles and responsibilities and your racing HSCs and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is, I, I you think, know, uh, yeah. It's a big ass, you know, it's a, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. I think we had a guest from Atlassian in my first few episodes, and they've kind of gone down that path where I think it's called a Cloud Center of Excellence or COE. They basically, these are the folks, and obviously, to your point, it's different structure for different people because if that's a tech product company, that's not an enterprise. Well, Enterprise is loosely, it is enterprise loosely speaking, but it, they've went down the path of center of excellence. A lot of other people did as well. It's exactly what you just said, where it's, it should not be treated differently to what your regular environment is, I guess. That's kind of where it kind of gets lost. Or sometimes it should be depending on whether you're on multiple cloud providers as well. So it's a great advice. I've got a question. What got you to move into cloud security from web development? For me, it was kind of just, you know, I worked in web development for a while and I was looking for something new and exciting. Cybersecurity is exciting people, just saying. (laughs) Yeah, cloud security fulfills that desire for new and exciting because it's new and exciting every day. (laughs) All right, so this is kind of like towards the end of the show as well. So where can people find you if they want to reach out, if they have more questions about the whole cloud security architecting, what kind of skills they need and how maybe any follow-up questions they might have, where can they reach you? Sure. Yeah. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Probably LinkedIn is the place where I'm most responsive. You can find me on Twitter too. Not super active there, but you can reach out to me there as well. Thank you for so much for coming in and thank you for all the audience members as well. Great questions. I'll definitely encourage you to reach out to others who were in the guest space as well as to Ashriya as well if you have any questions. But Cloud Security is a great space, just saying. It's amazing that so many people are interested and so many people reached out as well to talk about how to become a Cloud Security architect. So cybersecurity is interesting, but Cloud Security is definitely up there in making it more exciting. So, And you have people like Shriya as well who are uh, making this feel exciting. Awesome. Thanks, Ashish. This was so much fun. And thank you to the audience. These, you know, is really fun questions to answer and it's cool to interact. So yeah. And I hope everyone has a happy new year. Oh yes. Happy new year and happy new year to you as well. Uh, Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to that episode of Cloud Security Podcast. If you found some new information from that episode, we would appreciate if you share it with others. Share it with us as well if you have any good feedback or good learnings from the episode. We are on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you don't find us there, you can always go on our website, www.cloudsecuritypodcast.tv to listen to the latest episode. We appreciate your support in helping us grow. It helps us bring more guests. It helps us support the channel. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and talk to you on the next episode.